The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Expect the Unexpected, a PoppyJuleRadio.com original series, Poppy Jula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on CBS's Big Brother. Please welcome my co-host, my fellow house guest, Michael Pena. What's up, people? All right, we pick up day 10 inside of the Big Brother house, but first... We got to talk about the opening because they did exactly what I thought they were going to do. They completely removed that man out of the opening period. They also sped it up because like the timing was so right with him being included that it, it almost looked like a mess to me. I I felt kind of bad for like the uh, VFX people or, you know, whatever, they're called the individuals that created the opening credits because they actually looked really good and they were timed perfect. And then they had to remove that man and it just screwed up with the timing. I know you don't really care for the opening credits. I don't know if you have an opinion, but that's what I noticed when they showed the opening credits. And if they only do the opening credits during the Wednesday show, which will end up becoming the Tuesday show in a couple of weeks, you know, the, uh, the veto episode, I'm cool with that. I mean, I noticed it, too. I mean, for me, not a big deal. It makes it quicker, so less time. But, yeah, I figured they would do that, right? I think we talked about it. I'm, I'm glad they did. So you get less time. They get rid of the guy that's screwed up. And But like you said, it does it does look off, though. <laughs> it does look off. Yeah, the timing is completely ruined. Like, the way the music and the cues and everything, it was perfect last week. And, unfortunately, they had a situation, and it just ruined the timing of it. And it feels like a very like, on fast-forward opening uh, theme, which, you know, I mean, what can you do about it? I will say this, as someone that likes the credits, like, it's very visually interesting to look at. You know, they had done the splash theme in the past before, like, the splash visuals, and that kind of got played out. So uh, how they're doing it now with the multiverse, I think it's interesting. It's just unfortunate that... It doesn't look as good as the first time, but we completely understand why it doesn't look as good as the first time. I just, I don't know what they could have done. Maybe extended, you know, a half a second, you know, the the camera time of each of them, and maybe that would have done it. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk about nomination ceremony fallout. So we have our nominees, Riley and Cameron. Let's talk about it. Uh, everything that happened before we we learn more stuff about the nether region uh what do you think of the fallout from the ceremony and um how do you think heisem is doing as hoh that's a really good question it's been interesting to see i know she was kind of we saw it coming right and it just she felt devastated i know jared felt bad but as we discussed ended up working out best for him i feel bad for her man because she was playing a good game her mistake was being passive in the sense that why did she have to admit to Heisem that she his mouth came his name came out of her mouth? Because as we learned now, more so in this episode and even on the live feeds, is like you know you got me into it. I've been watching live feeds randomly. He almost seems vindictive in the sense of you say my name, I have to take you out no matter what, and he is not stepping off that pedal the gas off his vehicle to ram her out the door and he's getting uh i don't know if it's getting to a head but i'm gonna say it anyway sari brought up what i was thinking throughout this episode and through the live feed like man he's a little scary once he has his sights set on you and it's not it's i think it's a good hoh it's showing who he is as a player it's nothing personal he knows the game right you go after someone or someone says your name, you got to go after them. The only difference is he's so vocal and direct about it. When was the last time someone told you so calmly, 
hey, I know you said my name. I'm taking you out. And it's scarier than like, oh, I'm going to get you. Oh, you know what? You're my target. Doesn't it feel almost a little scary when they calmly say, I'm going to get you. And I'm like, that's the way Heisem plays. It's almost like, oh, we're good. You know, you're a great person, but you're out. I like the way he's playing. It's very different, super direct, and it makes him like a scary good guy in a sense. And I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. I don't know if you agree or disagree with me, but what are your thoughts on his HOH right now? You know what? I like it personally. I love the directness. I like that he is, you know, he's not really saying it in an emotional way. He's pretty much like saying it very matter of fact. You said my name. You confirmed that I'm your target. These are the consequences to those actions. Like, I don't really see what the problem is. Since you brought up Ceri's comment, I, I will bring it up as well. Ugh, okay. In a sense, I understand where Ceri is coming from. But the problem is, the man is on your side. Why should you care how he's doing what he's doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, he is your alliance member like it, it I don't know part of me is like and I know that you said survivor and big brother are very similar and that sort of thing but part of me is like that's more of a survivor mindset than a big brother mindset because in big brother if he's aligned with you it's like in my opinion who cares what he's doing as long as it isn't something that's directly threatening your game like, what should you care? Like, I don't feel like anything that he's done, maybe he's very direct, and uh, I don't want to say in your face, because in your face makes it sound like he's in her face, but he's very just very direct, very straightforward, very um, just... He's scary honest. He's very honest. He's very blunt about what he's trying to do. And I actually don't mind that, because at least you know exactly where he's coming from. I'd much rather a scary, honest person than a, a flip-flopper. You know, someone who doesn't know what they were doing, kind of like Riley. I mean, he had this great line to her that they did not include on the show, but the live feeders picked it up and uh, you know have been quoting it on BB Twitter, and that is, you know... I paid attention to your HOH, and I learned from your HOH. In essence, saying, like, I saw how you fucked up your HOH, so I'm kind of doing the complete opposite. And, I mean, it's very true. Like, her HOH sucked. And since you brought in the Sari comment, I'm going to bring in the other comment. She is the reason why the house splits. Like, she was not taking ownership of that in her HOH, but she kind of is. She started the five-person alliance that turned into an eight-person alliance, and that is half of the house. The other half retaliated. You know, they were already kind of hanging out anyway, but when they 100% realized that there was an alliance on the other side of the house, they were like, shit, we're going to be picked off one by one. We need to align. So, yeah, like, I hate to break it to you, Riley, but you are the reason. And this is another thing that you're saying, um, another, which, uh, what, what am I saying? Another example of what you're saying, that she's very passive. Like, she's not taking ownership in that. And I'm sorry, if I'm in the Big Brother house, and if my actions are causing chain reactions, you take ownership of that. That's added to your resume. So, ugh, poor Riley. It's it's almost like... what. What's funny was mm -hmm. in the diary room, she had more fire, and I'm seeing her respond. I'm like, where is that? But I understand what she's doing. It's just not working. She doesn't At all. want she, she doesn't want to explode, right? You can tell. She's like, like okay, let me just smile and nod at him. Let me yes. Granted, what he's saying is true, right? So you can't really get upset at what he's saying. But she's also being very reserved in her reaction, kind of like, Man, when when it shows and they're talking, like, hey, how are you feeling? She's like, well, I know you're not going to use a video. Vito, I'm not looking for a miracle. And he's like, yeah, you just, I love you, but you miscalculated. So I hope you learn. 
and like telling her this like you and like twice you miscalculated and this is where i get and this is where i bring up the fact that I know, and you're right, I think Sari has more of a survivor mindset, because I understand what she's thinking, though, because she's thinking far ahead in the game, or potentially, right? How would I get rid of this person if I need to? You know what I mean? And it's just scary knowing how he's one-track-minded in the sense that once he has the goal set, he's gonna do it. Especially when someone has said his name as a potential target for whatever reason or said anything about him. In the sense that that's a scary person to have. And I don't think she meant it in the sense like, oh, I made a mistake. It's more like, okay, I'm kind of getting no more of what I'm getting into. But, you know, I'm glad he's on my side. But I felt the same way she did. And, not, and it wasn't in a negative. It's more like a, okay. And the reason being is that even Survivor in any show, when have you seen someone that very direct and in an unintentional uh intimidating way like um, no, izzy last I, I, week with I, no, riley no no no, no. I, no I feel like izzy's hoh is going to be very scariest, similar to his but the scariest bluntness with no emotion behind when someone is going to kill you with no emotion is the scariest thing in the world so i'm gonna coming at you because it's like oh no this is a hundred percent what i'm doing with no chance of persuading because usually well, an emotion, a person, you can convince them on their emotional ride. But this one's like, no, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, you screwed up. I'm doing it. And that's it. I understand me, what you're scarier. saying. But she did say that he was her target. Oh, yeah. like, oh no, no, no. I'm not. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Like, I, compl- I completely feel like he is justified in what he's doing. Also, they're not aligned. Like, she's on the opposite side of the house. So I don't yeah. really understand why... She's expecting him to oh, basically yeah, almost bend over backwards for her and like be like, "Oh yes, I'm gonna save you." Like, you know, she yep. got she seemed to she being Riley seemed to have gotten offended uh, when they were talking, and he was like, "You know, we could talk about working with each other." Like, yeah, but you also were targeting me, and like she's like, "I don't understand why he keeps on saying this or the other." And but he but he's nominated me. If you want to work with me, you shouldn't have nominated me. I'm like, well, you shouldn't have targeted him, and you shouldn't have confirmed it yeah. to him that you that targeted him. Mistake. Why could yeah. I would have twisted and be like, actually, no, I didn't target you. I know, and I would have thrown everybody under the bus. I'm like, yeah, exactly. You say like someone else said it, and I think maybe I agreed. No, I would have said, hey, in the HOH room, they discussed it, and I smiled and nodded. I didn't agree to any, you know, there's a way to spin it. But sadly, she doesn't have that in her. No. You're seeing it, you're seeing it play. Oh, man, Riley had, I told you, right? She had great potential. All wasted. Gosh. Yeah, because at the end of the day, she's likable. I feel like the house likes her as a person. She's just, mm-mm, she's self-destructed. In her HOH, gosh, like, it's truthfully, like, Heisem said it, but I will repeat it. Listeners, go rewatch her HOH and don't do anything that she did. <laughs> like, literally. Maybe make an alliance, but, like, don't make the bad choices that she did, because good grief. To be, to be mm-hmm. fair, though, yeah. had the other side not found out about it, it wouldn't have been as bad. Like, knowing that there is an actual split is what guaranteed the, the basically going the, the the formance of the other alliance, and that helped. That made a big. I'm always going to bring it up because that makes a huge guys difference. Because it makes had a they difference. Not known, it would not have been as bad. I believe. No, totally. I agree with you. But they did find out, and and sure, they have an advantage with Jared. But it was Miss Felicia that figured it out. Like she was the but one, and that was also. Had- because they were really bad at hiding it. No, but remember, you're just basing off of a solution. They didn't believe, they didn't get the official confirmation from Felicia. It was like, okay, we'll form a group. Yeah, make sure. It wasn't until you got the confirmation of of uh, Sari kind of reinforcing that with them. No, I and guess. Then, but and was, naming the but they, people. And then Red went to go figure it out. Hey, are these people in your group? Okay, yeah, they are. And then you had Izzy go do it. No, but that was after the professors. You're, that was like way afterwards. They formed the Bye Bye Bitches as a retaliation to what Miss Felicia found out. Oh, no, no, you're right, you're right, yeah. Yeah, props to Miss Felicia. Yeah, 
No, it's good. But I'm again, I'm liking this. I'm just, just you know, again, I'm gonna say it every week, broken record. But I'm loving the competition, and I think that's what make it gives the perception of Heisman being so dangerous because he's a one track mind goal. There's no wishy washy or I'm upset or I'm sad. It's like no, I'm doing this for my game, and if it takes me out, cool. But you said my name, you're out. Most exactly. You know, kind of hide it. They're like, okay, I'm gonna get you later. It's like no. I'm going to get you now, but this screw it. We're going to stay with this. I understand where Sari was a little, okay, was doesn't matter what HOH, we've heard this a bunch of time in the diary from past previous seasons, when an HOH is like, you need to do this, and I want you to do this because this is my goal. He didn't say it maliciously, but it was very assertive. You're like, okay. Like, this is his type. We better do what he says or else type of thing. Because that's the way he does play. Which, is, again, I, I, when I'm talking about him, just to make it clear, I'm not knocking his game. I'm not knocking him down. I'm just showing the perception he's giving off, and I like it. But he's showing that assertiveness. Like, you need, like he threatened. Jared, don't you dare use it on her. Matt, if you get it, don't you dare use it on her. You know what I mean? And even with, uh, what's his name, Jag, kind of going against him a little bit. And I like that, Jag. He's like, okay, I'm going to send Bowie away. And I remember, Heisman didn't like that. But I saw Versailles, sort of like, okay, he's very like, you need to do what I say or there's going to be consequences, which makes for great entertainment. I agree, 100%. I don't fully agree with Sari in what she's saying just because um, well, I have to put a bookmark on this. I have to put a pin in this because I, I want to bring in stuff that's been going on in the live feeds because the past two days have been insane. So, uh, so I'll, I'm going to put a little pin in that and we'll talk about Perfect. why I don't fully agree with what Suri is saying at the end. So before we get into all of that, Jag returns from the nether region and he has no news, but a feed, a.k.a. a message, comes in from the nether region that basically says that Jag has to choose someone else to go to the nether region. And because they will not be there when players are selected for the veto, they will not be able to play in the veto. As you just referenced... He goes and talks to Hysum, and and Jag initially is like, maybe red, and Hysum is like, no, I think blue might be better. Which, in my mind, I'm thinking, you do realize that that's his side of the house. So you really think he's going to send someone from his side of the house? Like, you should have at least said someone from your side that you thought would, like, suck at any sort of veto competition. Like, you know, someone that maybe isn't competitive. That's just my mind. Like, Hysum was um, was very one-track minded, and he wasn't really thinking in sort of like the larger picture, in my opinion, in that moment. Jag clearly is not going to send Blue, so he has meetings with all of the house guests just to see if anybody would volunteer. And Bowie really was the only one that was like, Ah, uh, you know what, sure, I don't mind, this is out of the other. Her mindset was, via the diary room, was that he, she was worried that he might send Red, and that Red might be a good competitor that could win, this is out of the other. So Bowie ends up being sent to the nether region. Any thoughts about this before we get into the actual competition? Um. The same as I said earlier, I was glad that Jack kind of stuck to his guns. He's not going to pick his side of the room. Exactly. You know I mean? Do you agree with me so. that Heisem should have, you know, thinking of, like, the larger picture, he should have just said maybe somebody from his own side? Because, like, I thought it was I, ridiculous yes. if he thought Jag was going to send somebody from his well, side. Remember, though, I feel like he's only thinking about this week right now. At this point, he's like, I'm a target every week, so I'm going to go one week at that a time. That is true. You know what I'm saying? You know what that I mean? is true. He knows he's a target so now. I understood what he was doing, I was like, and I thought, I was like, dude, really? You're not going to do it. But yeah, I'm, I have the same thoughts as you did. All right, so we get the POV competition. It's called Twisted Tasks. It is a timed competition. This one is being brought to you by the Scrambleverse, and basically... It's uh, a clue type of thing where you have to do these tasks. The tasks are twisted in the sense that, you know, there are three turntables 
a piece of the task is set in each turntable. You put the, the sentence together and then you know exactly what to do. We have Hysom Riley Cameron playing as well as Matt America and Blue. So it's Hysom versus the other side of the house. It's kind of brilliant. Once again, I said this last time and I'm going to say it again. You know, you are selecting these chips and in the diary room you're like expressing this is the one person I don't want to be picked and you end up picking that person. It's just wonderful how the BB gods, you know, just end up cursing some of the POV competitors. It's just it's fantastic. I feel like you should never say who you want. I mean I mean I mean you should never say who you don't want to play the veto because I feel like it always ends up being that person that you select. Uh, the competition was interesting. It's As I mentioned, it's one of those timed tasks. So it's the person that does it the quickest ends up winning the power of veto. It's a scrambleverse, so it's a whole bunch of scrambly type of items, which was interesting to see. Hysum ends up winning it. And, uh, yeah, much to, to the defeat of the other side, it's, it was hilarious because it was literally one versus five and high sum one. Now, what I thought was interesting, and I will say this interesting in not a good way, was the fact that they only gave the top three players. Like, I wanted to see everybody's times because I feel like if you take a lot of time in those competitions, it means you're trying to throw it. That's just my opinion. So the fact that we didn't get the times, I was like, you know, we should expose some people. Like, who really wanted this veto? You know what I'm saying? I don't know what your thoughts about it was. Yeah, but, um, I, I yeah, thought... give me your take on the competition, Heisem winning, and the fact that we only saw the top three. Yeah, just to go off the top three, I thought that was interesting, too. I was like, why not show all of them? It's not like it's going to make a difference. You're, not gonna, you're going to shave, what, maybe a few seconds off the television to show that? I thought the competition, for looking at the times, was too short. I thought may maybe they thought it would be harder or it was going to be too hard, but I guess they didn't account for how quick, or maybe they wanted it quick and over with. And I like that we got a competition that we haven't had before. I'm loving what I'm seeing this season. This is kind of rejuvenating Big Brother season with having something completely different. What I what bothered me was the only one going at a hundred miles per hour running was Hysum. When he went to each thing, it was like sprint, sprint, sprint. You see Riley kind of jog quickly. You see a blue, okay, going a little quick. It was like they're taking their time. Like, why? I don't, I don't understand them. She's on the block. How are you not sprinting to each thing, jumping and diving at that button, getting ready for the next clue? It boggles my mind because Heisen knew how important it was. You saw him like, go, go, go. Now. You know, he's running. He's like sprinting. He's doing his 100%. But the other ones are like, Okay, let me listen. Okay, let me jog to this one. Let me jog over here. Let me jog. <laughs> no, to your party. description is accurate. It's like some of them think and, they're at a damn summer camp, and Heisem is like, "No, we're on fucking Big Brother, and I want to yeah, win." Yeah, that guy's taking like those long strides, getting there like in two leaps, like, and these other people taking like five. And you know, I was like, yeah, "I know, Matt." I was like, "Man, you're an athlete, man. I know you're trying to help me. We got a sprint, and I know." It, when you're thinking, sometimes when you start thinking in your head, what do I got to do next? It slows you down, which I understand. I've seen people do it in real life, and it's annoying sometimes when you got to hurry something up, but they're like overthinking or their mind somewhere else. But it was just kind of funny to see that. I thought it was a great comp. I wish it was longer, maybe five clues or five you know, rounds rather than the three. But uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I like that it was different. Uh, what did you think? And what, how, are you liking me finally getting some changes in these games and vetoes and HOH competitions? Yeah, I thought the game was unique. I mean, we've seen other games where, you know, you get clues and you have to figure it out. So it isn't that different, but I thought the implementation of it was really fun. I also don't understand, as you said, just to co-sign, why no one else was in a rush. Like, Heisem was the only one that really seemed to want to win it. Um, Cameron did as well. I, I will give him that. I mean, he was, uh, I don't remember the exact times off the top of my head, but it looked like maybe he was, you know, 20 to 30 seconds, a, a little bit more. Heisem got 145, so it was a 25 second difference. There you go. So you could tell 
he was trying because he was so close to Heisem. Uh, everyone else was just, like, chilling in the cut. Like, I was like, I have no idea what y'all are doing. I did like all the props. I mean, and the props were funny. I felt bad for Matt because he was actually looking for a piano. And then he figured out that they were play on words. Um, so I was like, oh, Matt. But, like, yeah, like, it, it was interesting. And it was very short. I agree with you. Maybe a couple more clues would have been better. Uh, or, or maybe they wanted it short, as you said. Um, but nonetheless, Heisum, like, tore through that game so damn fast. I mean, props to him. He wanted to win it, and he was up against the wall, because he did not want the other side to win it to screw up his nominees. And, uh, he ended up clutching that win. Like, he got it. He earned that win. Or I should say, he didn't earn it. I mean, he, he got it. He made that win happen for himself, so props to him. And once again, like, good grief, what is wrong with the handful uh, slash family style? Like, they are just not good competitors. Losing streak, dude. Losing, Losing streak. streak. Like, this one was one versus five. Like, last week with the POV, uh, I think it was two two-thirds. So it was, uh, it was like two-thirds. It, and uh, the ones that were favored to win it because they had the most people playing in that game was the handful. And once again, they didn't clutch that win at all. Like, mm-mm-mm. Losers. <laughs> like, I'm saying this now, and then they end up winning the HOH on Thursday. <laughs> I know, right? So I'll give them their props, but right now One they're of them losing. Like the whole game. Loser. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, y'all need to wake the fuck up. Like, this is Big Brother, baby. Like, what the hell are y'all doing? <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, so Heisum wins the power of veto, and then he gets into a conversation with Riley, which is basically like, yeah, I'm not really going to use it. And as you said, you know, this is kind of like, you know, you made a miscalculation last week, and these are the consequences. And, you know... Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So we have the the veto meeting, and uh, we had Hysum basically tell Riley, you know, I'm going to tell them that you're my target. And she's like, I hope you do it theatrically. This is in the diary room. She's like, I hope she, he does it with theatrics so that they see exactly who he is. And the thing is, based off of how the house guests were kind of talking about this, on the live feeds, like, I thought he was going to go in on her. Like, I thought, I don't know what I thought he was going to say. Like, I thought she was, he was going to, like, call her a bitch, you know, uh, say your mama's so fat. Like, I thought he was, he had, like, gone in deep and, like, for the jugular. And it was the most blasé thing that I ever saw in my life. Like, I get it. He specifically was like, I'm targeting you. Like, you had my name in your mouth, and so this that's why you're my target. But outside of that, like, I didn't really see it as this, like, really hardcore, aggressive veto speech. Like, it wasn't any of that. It was very matter-of-fact, and he was like, I'm coming for you, and my, you are my target. He didn't even say, I want everybody to vote you out. He was just like, I'm your, you're my target. No, I disagree. He, he actually had said, I want my fellow house guests. I think, oh, I, I think, I think you're right. It wasn't direct, but he's like, I need, I want my fellow house He did guests not directly like, direct them. My... He just yeah, yeah. said, well, you're my he target. Indirectly, because he said my fellow house guests. He might have said it indirectly, no, but he... the way that they were describing it, it was like he was being oh, a dictator. Oh, I, I can see our different point of view because I didn't see the live feeds about that. So when I saw it, I was still like, okay, like, again, it's, it, yeah, that's, it was, I knew, I could I could have told you it wasn't going to be theatrical because that, that's not his game. Not once have you seen him really go over the top. He's just very stuck. He's stubborn in a calm sense or like a medium assertive sense, right? But he was like, I knew he wasn't going to go, which is, I hope he's theatrical, which I doubted because if he did, then it would be crazy, right? Because he hasn't done it yet. But he was just very, like you said, blunt. You are my target. I'm going after you. House guests, assist me in taking this target out. Thank you. End of speech. <laughs> like, 
Like, I got exactly what I expected, but I can understand if I heard of all that chatter, it would have, I would have thought too. But then again, it could have been Riley spreading a rumor that spread like wildfire. No. Maybe hoping. No, some, of, was it some of his alliance well, members were talking tell me, about tell it. Us, tell us, tell us. I mean, give me a little, give us some little info. Not everyone watches okay. the live feed. All right. So let, let me break down the live feed. Well, well, before we get into that, is, was there anything else specifically in the episode that you wanted to touch on? Because I, I have this whole conversation about the live feed. Oh, no, I think, no, it was pretty straightforward, right? There wasn't too much. Like, this yeah. was actually one of the first episodes where it's like, okay, again, there was nothing crazy. It was very I think direct. it's because Heisem is a very straightforward person. Um, as much as they want to talk shit about, like, you know, he's talking about integrity and this, that, or the other. I mean, he is, he's being he's very lying. blunt. Yes, and as he said, you know, you. everything he said was truthful. Like, and that's the scary, you know? again, dude, I think that's what's scaring them. Because there's no ulterior motive. There's no extra behind it. There's no third plan or he's changing the way he asks or talking behind people's back. No, this is him. This is A, this is B, and this is C. And I wanted to go this way because he went after me. I'm going after her. And that's yeah. what I think is throwing them off. You don't. How often do you have a house guest or an HOH like this? Exactly. Okay, so on the live feeds, because it was Sari and Izzy and some of the others on his side that had a bit of a problem with his veto meeting speech. Once again, I don't really understand what the problem was. Like, I don't. Like, I don't feel like he said anything rude or wrong or very aggressive. He was just very straightforward in what he would like to see. The professors also were discussing that he they feel like his HOH is very dictatorial, and that rubs them the wrong way. My whole problem with this whole situation is he's on your fucking side. It is barely week two. Like, let him do what he needs to do. He's only painting a bigger target for himself, not the rest of you. Like, as the other side of the house has already said, like, they see him as, like, the leader. So it's like, why not let him dig his own hole? That's just my problem. Before before you go, because there's much more about this little life. Feeds. No, 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 keep going. I got a pin on it too for something okay. else. Keep going. There's a lot of stuff. I saw some live feeds today. Okay. Yeah, the live feeds are intense. The past 48 hours of live feeds, basically after the veto meeting, have been batshit crazy. Because there was talks of a flip. There were, there were talks of a flip voting out Cameron instead of Riley, and both Sari and Izzy were in charge of the flip. Like, they completely flipped the house uh, by, like, at some point yesterday, I feel, they had completely flipped the house, and they were going to vote out Cameron instead of Riley. Mimi, Nicole, uh, was very much against this because she sees... Riley as the leader like everyone flocks to Riley like nobody was flocking to Cameron you know so she didn't understand why the flip was happening and then it clicked to Sari and Izzy that the flip might not actually be a good thing and so like I haven't really checked much today but I know that as of late last night, they were starting to work on flipping it back to having Riley be uh, evicted. Interestingly enough, this was after, like, Sari told Riley, like, you're fine, you're good. And Riley was talking about working, and I'm saying in air quotes, with Sari and Izzy. Because at the end of the day, will she really work with them when she has her own people? You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if Sari and Izzy should have been trusting that. But all of this is occurring because they, the professors, agree that Hysam is a threat, and they feel like he needs to be targeted. And it's almost like the professors are cool with the other side winning HOH so that they can target Hysam, which doesn't make any damn sense to me at all. So, okay. Uh, let me see if I get this correct. Um, according to, like, the machinations and stuff, if Hysam gets targeted next week, allegedly, like, Corey and Jared, 
as if Jared isn't with them already. But Corey and Jared would flip to their side. So let's pretend Hysum does get targeted and gets eliminated next week. They have two numbers on their side. The problem is Hysum is a comp beast. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is a comp beast. Like, he has proven that he is a comp beast, and he will win if his back is against the wall. Why would you give that up? Like, I have never understood why alliances that have a good, solid number, why they, like, sacrifice one of their people, like a sacrificial lamb. Like, the biggest blunder with that that I remember, and it's way back in the early seasons, is BB6, the first Janelle season. James had done something that rubbed the Alliance wrong, and so they sacrificed him. And then all of a sudden, the other side got the upper hand, the stupid Friendship Alliance, and they started knocking them out one by one by one by one. Like, it's just stupid in my mind to give up a number. Hysum right now is the biggest shield. Like, yes, Sari has other shields. Like, let's be for real, Izzy is a shield for Sari. But Hysum is the largest vibranium shield. Yeah. Like, Hysum is the Captain America shield right now for Sari. Yeah. Like, they are going to be gunning for his ass after everything he's done this week. Why would you even consider doing anything to, uh, to, to like, ruin that? Like, why would you have it so that, you know, you're even contemplating sacrificing him in week three? This is just barely the end of week two. Why would you consider that? Like, it's stupid gameplay, in my opinion. And I get it, you're in the Big Brother house. Paranoia. You're thinking about the game 24-7. So sometimes stupid decisions bubble up to the top. I think that's one of the reasons why Suri and Izzy were like, shit, we're fucking up by you know, doing this to Riley. Because if they keep Riley and Cameron goes, it exposes the plot to Hysum. And if you, we've seen anything with Hysum, and this was right in your face, ladies... He's going to be gunning for you. Like, the house is already split in half. The house would split in thirds. And while, yes, it will be incredibly entertaining for all of us to watch, but as a player that's in the game, why would you do that? You're jeopardizing yourself. And then Hysum is going to immediately target you, Sari. Like, you're going from having the biggest fucking shield that you could possibly have, the Vibranium Shield, the Captain America Shield, with Hysum, and you're going to explode that shield. Who knew Vibranium could explode? But Ceri's the one that's going to explode the Vibranium. It's, it's, it's Captain America Shield has been broken. Okay, there you but go. to go off your many points. Yes. So first off, go I ahead. can remember some of them. The beginning, I understand the conversation they're having about Hysum. You can't be surprised about that. It happens to any HOH, whoever their teammate is, regardless. Because they're probably seeing a site where he was kind of nice and cool, but now he's kind of like, hey, this person's after me. I gotta I gotta go after him. He's being more assertive to the, to the point where he's not asking. He's telling them. And I think that's what rubs him the wrong way. And so be it, right? That's just, it is what it is. And people take it different way depending how you deliver a message, right? And my thing all, all season. I understand that, where she messes up, and I agree 100%, and I'm pretty sure it's just the constant talk, you know what I mean, and uh, not getting away from the game, is uh, he's the perfect shield and the perfect team member. He wants to be with you. You brought him in, and he's going to fight for you. You want that comp beast on your side. You want that giant target on your side but remember i know sari was stubborn too or she was like no we gotta get cameron now he's more of the physical threat he she felt more threatened by cameron than riley remember it was on one of the uh the diary rooms or i think we discussed it at one point where she had mentioned that and i think she got too much into that thought and izzy could be a downfall here where you she's too much of a yes man to you know saying yes or agreeing with whatever sari says and that doesn't help. You need somebody that's honest, right? Brutally honest, like, hey, that sounds stupid. Or, hey, that might not sound bad. You know what I mean? Or, hey, let's talk about it again later, see how it sounds later. So they're going through the house. They're trying to do this thing. And I 
I bring up today's thing because what you said was true. I didn't see the last 48 hours. I saw today's and it continued. I was like, what? They're going to flip it? What? They're going to do this? And today, America and uh, Jag and Blue were in the restroom talking that Riley went to talk to was talking to Sari and Izzy and America was in there. He told them, hey, I I know you guys have the biggest influence on that side of the house. You guys are influential. And America wants to go talk to Riley because then they heard of the change, the, the, the plans changing from Riley back to Cameron. And they want to talk to her like, hey, you need to stop talking like that and stop saying things. And then Blue on and Jared started talking where Jared's like, I'm just tired of this. The plan was one thing last night. I got waking up in the middle. It got changed, and I got told something this morning. It changed. He's like, we need to decide as a group because he said even our group isn't 100% on where it wants to vote or want to do. And I was like, okay, I must have missed a lot, and you filled me in on what was missed. And it's interesting to see how quickly and we stand there. Just the game, right? On a dime, it flips on the Second later, it flips right back, and he has this big chaos brewing. But yes, it is week three. Week two. Do not week two. Week two. Do not go against your own group with a guy who's a Hulk, but he's your Hulk. Yeah, and he might not win HOH clearly because he can't play, but he'll win the veto. Exactly. So if worse comes to worse. Okay, the other side happens to win fairly. You're not throwing it. Okay, you got high sum as a shield. You're good. Why are you doing all this tr- backtrack and pedaling? And what makes it worse, I love Sari, but again, I think Izzy the bad influence on this part was they now see how influential they're putting them together, though. Sari and Izzy can be, and that's dangerous. You want to lay low in the first half of the season at least, right? We've seen many winners come from the middle to the end. Yeah. Casey being a beautiful example her season when she won. She was a beast from the middle to the end. She didn't have to be before. Cause no one thought she was that big of a comp beast till she started winning like five at the end. So I think, yeah, this was not her best gameplay. And I think getting her thought was so Cerise's thought was so stuck in thinking Cameron was the correct choice the whole time until finally somebody kinda talked sense into her Say no, we need to get Riley. But in the end, even if you don't like the person or agree with their stance, or not even don't like, they do like him. They disagree, they're on your side. They have never lifted a finger to show anything to oppose you. Do not lose a soldier because he rubs you the wrong way, as you mentioned. We've seen many teams fall because of it. Mm-hmm. It's just dumb. It really is. And I love Sari. But this has been stupid gameplay. Like, they just should have been like, okay, we're voting her out. If they want to have a conversation with him privately, like the entire alliance, I don't like how you said that. I feel like you are telling us what we need to do or something like that. I mean, at the end of the day, you're an alliance. You should all be voting alike anyway. Like, it's just so strange, this whole, you know, I don't like his tone and this, that, or the other. Like I said, like, the way that they were talking about him, you would have thought that he would have, like, said to Riley, like, fuck your mom and fuck your dad and, like, but all this he, stuff. But you like, have to it know, was crazy. But, but you got to understand, man, we're not there to see how it's being said. You know what I mean? There's a difference from even from being the third party to being there in the room to being it said directly to you. It's always a little different. That's just my take on when I've had conversations or with friends is how you were there, how you took it. And if someone's like, I need you to do this. And and you know what? You know what probably fed into this? And I'll be very honest with you. It's probably when he first threatened Jared. And I bet you Siri didn't like that. And threatening is, hey, you cannot use it on these three. And it depends how See, I didn't think, okay. her the See, you call that a threaten. I didn't think that was a threat. He was just like, I don't want to use it on these three people. You can use no, it on anybody no. you like. Man, you're giving him way too, you're too lax on it. I'm going to call you out on that. Because every time you're like, no, he's, I was like, no, he's very like, hey, dude, he tells them. When you look at his face and you re- rewatch it, just look at it. He goes, you cannot use it on this, this, and this. When someone told you that quickly, it wasn't, he wasn't rude. He wasn't like, 
in your face. He goes, That was hey, threatening a... to tell him no, quickly? Uh, yeah. If you have a boss like, hey, don't do this. You're like, okay. He's like, or else. So there was an or else. Maybe our definitions of threatening is different. Well, this is also gameplay. But we're playing the game together. Hey, Jeff, don't do this or else. Okay. I don't think he said that. He said, don't pick that's, these that, three. You could pick anybody else. But, that, that, but that's the way. I'm just saying that's the way. I can see the perception. See, the way if you would have said, don't do this or else, that is threatening. Don't pick these three. You can pick anybody else. It's fine. But he didn't say it like that. He didn't go, hey, don't pick these three. It's the, trust me, man. It's got to be the tone. And that's why, I, that's why I'm understanding these players and how they're seeing him. I understand your way. I feel like you're going a little too lax, which I can also understand because he's not like, he's not over, you know, saying it loud. He's being very direct with assertion. Okay, and that direct is, and assertion to me is not threatening. Once again, I think feel like your definition and my definition of threatening is different. It's funny, though. You disagree, but yet that's exactly how the players have been feeling. So we'll agree to disagree, but my... But the way I see it, it, I see it the same way they have, for sure. Like, I under, I understand it. I've worked with people like that. And, again, it's not it's not negative. But I can, you can easily misinterpret it for negativity when someone tells you to do something rather than asking. If you would have said, hey, I would appreciate it if you don't do these three. Or, hey, you know, I would rather not. He just says, don't use it on so-and-so, don't use it on so-and-so, don't use it on so-and-so. Okay, got it, good. And then what makes it worse is, Let's say he did say it, it was non-threatening, which it was. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't non-threatening. It was non-threatening. But if Jared tells the story differently, we're playing telephone, right? I, can, I think that's where I feel like Suri got more of her built up, like, oh, he's being more of a dictator. Because if someone okay. like your if kid, Jared you know said I mean? it the wrong way, then I agree. Yes. Because like, I don't feel like his interaction with Jared was threatening. It, his yeah, interaction he, with Jack was much did. more threatening. Yeah, that one was. That, that one was. <laughs> That was a very, like, hey, look at me. I'm the captain. Exactly. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Pretty much. But anyway, no, it's, it's been going good, man. I, dude, this, this was the live, like, as you mentioned, the live feeds are good. They've been, the little that I've seen is, like, they're not just sitting there talking games, something's going on. So that's been pretty awesome to see. But it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see and i really want to see it jeff because i want to see i just want to see the storm continuously break come in realign fix break down again if they get a wind that they were trying to flip the vote i want to see if heisem gets a wind of it and i want to see how he reacts and what ends up happening because i think that would make good television uh, you know i think it would be a great concept to see what if we see both alliances just crumble and completely break apart as Heisem said he would love for all of them to start anew because it was Riley's fault that this house divided in two. And hopefully after this, they can kind of work with others that they couldn't work with before because they got split up because of Riley. <laughs> um, while he, it he would make good that. television, I do worry for Sari. I understand what you're saying, but I, I, I want to see it unfold. I would honestly, this would probably get it kicked out sooner than later, but I don't want her to coast to the end. I want to see how she does in Survivor. I saw her, I'm sorry, in Big Brother, excuse me. I saw her in Survivor. I saw her in The Traitors. Man, that last episode where she gambled and turned on her guy. I was, and I told my wife, I would have outed her right then and there. Because I am, I would have been like, uh-uh, you don't do that to me. She was fortunate that he wasn't as, uh, what's the word, when somebody screws you over. Vindictive vindictive oh man i would have you saw that episode i would have been like she's also a traitor take it for what it's worth i'm out i would have done something like that but she got away with it and that was good to see and she did the move that was a boss move i want to see her do something like this i i want to see her work i just like to see players go and i like to see players you know just keep moving and moving granted i want her to win I'm always up for a challenge, regardless if they're being dumb or not. And I think that you're right. She is playing it wrong this week. This and week, yes. I want to see if there are any consequences to that, because it could shake up the house to where people say, you know what? Let's just new alliances form, new deals form. She has the advantage of having Jared, and Jared has the advantage of being likable on his side and having Blue on his side. So it would be kind of cool to see these 
different little subgroups from within kind of form. It will be interesting. I'm just worried for her. Like, because the, her actions over the past 48 hours could have lasting ramifications for her. Because as we said, the house might look at her different. You know, oh, she has influence. Like, she's just changed my mind, and she's changing my mind again, and she seems to be in charge of yeah. this flip. That's not a look, good look for her in week two. And if Hysam finds out, which, let's be honest, he is going to find out, like, how is he going to react to Sari trying to undermine him to flip the house? Uh, if the flip is successful, he's going to find out sooner. If the flip is not successful, if they decide to get Riley out, when will he find out that there was going to be a flip? Like, that situation is going to be... It's going to be interesting. All of it will be interesting television. I'm just very worried for Sari. That's all. Um, yeah. yeah. I you hope... get a taste of Big Brother, man, like you said. She it's is. The part I... where it gets very different. I hope that she makes the right choice because, like, this could be the... It's weird to say this in week two, but this could be the move that sort of seals her fate. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Dude, now it reminds mm-hmm. me of sorry, real quickly. That line reminds me at the end of every season. This is the most important HOH. This is the most important power veto. You know what I mean? As they get to like towards the middle to the end, how they say that every week. But you bring up a. I mean, what you're saying isn't wrong, man. It's a hundred percent on fact. Yeah. Uh, just stay tuned. Another little update from the live feeds. So I discussed in our previous podcast that there were two showmances brewing. Now there's a third one. Would you care to guess? Do you know who the third are? The third one? Uh, does it have to do with America? Yes. I mean, she's the only I saw eligible bachelorettes that would be like I would go for uh showman is it is it America and Cameron? I don't know. No. America and another C word. Corey. Okay, Corey is a word of persuasion. Right. I see him. <laughs> They seem to be really digging each other. I don't know if it's a full-on showmance, but they seem to be flirting and vibing, much like Blue and Jared are flirting and vibing, and much like Riley and Matt are flirting and vibing. So that's another little thing to keep an eye on. Uh, that was sort of like the stuff that was really noticeable on the live feeds. I did do a quick check as you were giving your opinion on the live feed, and it looks like they're still flip-flopping. So... Who will be voted out tomorrow? Stay tuned. Uh, I think there's a greater chance of Riley being voted out versus Cameron. But at this point, if I'm being fully honest, just as a viewer, I really don't care who leaves. Like, I, I just genuinely don't. Like, if it's Riley, good. If it's Cameron, it's fine. Uh, the fallout of either is going to be interesting and will make for fascinating television, but I'm not that heavily invested in either of them. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I, I don't care for either. Or I mean, I'll be a little sadder. Not, not, I'm not going to be devastated if Riley goes. Cameron, he's, you don't even see him on the episodes really as much, only because he's nominated. So I'm, he's really not important. It is week two, right? So you don't have that too much invested on who's doing what or how it's going. But I just want to see that. I, I want to see legitimate fallout. I mean, I don't want to see it affect Sari, but if it does, it does. Because I want to see these people. So, so far, it's been a season where at least the other side is continuously leaking information. And if there was a flip on the grateful side and it does happen, Heisem is going to talk to them. And since he's so direct and blunt, they're going to end up giving him the truth because he's been getting it essentially, you know, the whole time from that side. And that's the other thing about that side, man. Why can't they just lie good or just, I don't know, man. Their experience in life shows a little bit. You mean their inexperience. Thank you for the correction. Their inexperience is showing greatly on how they're reacting. And I'm going to say to this, this is going to, I'm going to sound old, but it's almost kind of in line with the generation where they're Uh, trying not to be too non-confrontational 
Oh, sense, yes, sense, the Gen Z. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In, 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 in a sense. And I understand that. And I'm normally not the whole millennial, boomer, whatever, but there are facts All right, and boomer. characteristics of those generations. And millennial, dude. Of these generations <laughs> to where it's like, okay, you just want to. And it, it's the era. It's, you know, what the culture at the time is. So, and you see the difference between the two. That's why I think we mentioned we like the little older ones because they uh, they came from the earlier generation, right? A big brother, where you have these, uh, the younger group came from the newer generation of big brother. And that's a fact because even on Survivor, they bring that up. You have a new generation of player versus an older generation of player, and it's always going to be different. But since you have this great diversity in age and ethnicity and background, I feel like it's they, the casting director, props to the casting director. They picked a really good group to kind of go at each other. And I'm liking the development and the evolution of the game with these players. And every week has been pretty entertaining so far. The final thing that I want to reference is something that we have been talking about a lot on this podcast. And that is how Big Brother is accommodating Matt. And I think... This article came out today on EntertainmentWeeklyEW.com because a lot of social media, especially after the live vote last week, was wondering, like, how are they accommodating Matt? You know, Matt is the first ever hard-of-hearing house guest in Big Brother history, and Entertainment Weekly ended up posting a really lengthy article about how they have had to adapt to Matt and how they they made it so that Matt does not have a disadvantage because he's hard of hearing. I'm not going to go through the entire article because it it is actually a lengthy article. It's a really good read for anyone out there that was curious about like what they're doing for Matt. So apparently what they've done, just to sort of like sum it up a little bit, is that they ended up adding some new audio equipment. They actually brought Matt into the house before he uh, officially moved in with the other house guests to test it out to see how it sounded to him. Like they tested out speaker placement and speaker levels outside so that, um, you know, to see if he could hear as well as speaker placement in the diary room. They uh, placed a speaker like directly over his head and they even worked with uh, one of his uh, like physicians, you know, one of his, his audiologists to uh, figure out like what tones he can hear and, and that sort of thing so that they know that they need a person with maybe more of a baritone voice to speak with him because that's the type of sound wave that he can pick up. They also added voice-to-text technology in the house. There are apparently monitors and this, that, or the other that use the voice-to-text system so that Matt, you know, when there isn't somebody there, like when the uh, Nethergorgon was there, like when they are giving... Um, you know, direction and that sort of thing so that Matt is able to understand what is going on because he doesn't have somebody there that he can read their lips. So they've added that. And they also, like in this competition that they did today, like they, they worked with like good headphones that, you know, end up working with his hearing aid as well as, uh, you know, the right, um, you know, once again, the sound waves and the right audio so that he is able to be able to to hear what was being said uh, in the scrambled, or I should say the, the twisted tasks competition. I don't know what didn't work uh, last week, uh, but it sounds like they really have been trying to make things as accommodating to Matt so that he doesn't have a disadvantage, whether it's, you know, certain speakers. I read also in the article that, that apparently there's a speaker that kind of moves around that can be used uh, when there are competitions, like when there's, like, 
some sort of, uh, you know, sometimes there are HOH competitions where they sound a horn for them to start so that Mac can hear the horn sound and that sort of thing. So it sounds like they are doing stuff to accommodate Matt. Whatever failed during the live show, I'm assuming that will not fail again. So for those out there that were wondering, I know that we discussed it a lot. Like, I hope that they're doing this. Like, why did, why was there a failure last week? You know, it looks like maybe the failure was just a kink in the system. Um, and uh, it looks like they really have tried to do their best to accommodate for him. So I don't know if this article came out because of the chatter online, but it was an interesting article nonetheless. I'm pretty sure it did, but I'm happy to see that they did do something and maybe they're continuing to kind of improve, right? Because they don't know what they don't know in the sense of like they've done what they could, but now they got to see it in action, right? It's mm-hmm. always different once it's going on with the people and they're in there and then they're actually live or they're giving instructions to a new game in a new area. Like, they're outside, right, for that new, that uh, the Gorgon game, the HOH competition. So I'm glad that they put this out because I'm pretty sure it was, right? It's a perfect response. Like, hey, we've done all this so far to assist him. So he's not at a disadvantage, which was pretty cool of them to do. And I'm glad they're doing something. I'm glad they let us know, too, because... You know, if you leave it unsaid for so long, people start to believe, right, that there's never an answer. And I'm kind of glad they do. Uh, they did send out this article to kind of be like, hey, we did all this. And the fact that he actually went into the house before fact is amazing. That's a, hist- that's a first, right? They never had a guest go in to look at the house prior to that. But I'm glad they did it for the sole purpose. Like, hey, we got to make sure it's fair as possible for this guy. And I'm glad they did that, man. That's, I'm happy to hear that. I agree. 100%. All right, still to come, the live vote on eviction. Who will be evicted as the second house guest of the season? Who will be the second house guest to be eliminated, to be evicted from the Big Brother house this season? Stay tuned. Do we want to guess? Cameron. Yeah, I'm guessing Cameron. You think it's Cameron? I'm yeah. going to go with Riley, because I, I think... For their game, Riley is the best person to be evicted. Riley sticking around, she is the leader of that side. And I like the professors better. And that means that I want the professors to stick around longer. And for their game, I hope they realize that Riley needs to be evicted. It's not to say that I dislike the other side, I just prefer the professors yeah. um, versus the other side. And so because I prefer them, Riley needs to go. Like, Riley is the head of the snake. Riley is Hydra. Um, you know, but it, but this Hydra is not going to grow back any tentacles. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is like you can actually get rid of – You will. they will decimate the other side because there is no leader on the other side, like they are just going to be flailing about. Who knows? Hysom could become the leader of the other side if Riley Watch gets it. evicted. If he ends up finding out that Sari and Izzy were plotting a coup, like he could end up being the Riley of the other side, which that could be fascinating to watch too. I, I would, if I was Sari, that does happen. I'd be like, it was all easy. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, and all of a yeah, sudden, then, okay, then, I'm Izzy Fields, and that's my brother over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I would be nuts. That would be immediately outcasted. Right. That shit crazy. Well, stay tuned. All right. So you say Cameron, I say Riley. To be quite honest, it's fifty fifty right now. And 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 if we're be- both being honest, and we said this before, we don't really care who leaves. <laughs> like somebody's yeah. gonna leave. And, but uh, it's crazy know. to think it's even 50-50, man. I, I personally thought, too, it's Riley. It's Riley. It's Riley. And I like that at least they're making it interesting, right? Because I personally, for the most part, whether they're from my side that I'm rooting for or not, I don't always like 100% votes. I like to keep it controversial and interesting because it makes the, 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 the night more interesting. It makes the HOH that much more interesting than the fallout of the vote and HOH that much more interesting. Mm-hmm. And it is Big Brother, so expect the unexpected. There you go. And on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Expect the Unexpected. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, my fellow house guest, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, people. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Expect the Unexpected via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. From outside the Big Brother house, at least virtually, good night.